1: It's shake them ropes. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania. My name is Chris Novembrino. I am joined, as always, by Jeff Hawkins, or should I just say Hawkins? I'm shortening your name. Well, they
2: already have a Curtis Hawkins, so it may, or a Kurt Hawkins, so it may just be Jeff.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, if we're going with the Mustafa Ali name change, though, you or lose Hawk. your first name, oh, wait. No, and, and that's, well, just like Antonio Cesaro, right? He he was Antonio Cesaro, and now he's just Cesaro, so you're now just Hawkins, and I'm just Let's. Novembrino, and in a couple of weeks, it'll just be Well, novembrino. they
2: did that with Antonio Cesaro, they did that with Adrian Neville, they did that with Andrade Cien Almas, and then they've now done it with Mustafa Ali- I I tell you something, it's interesting, the only time they've ever gone the other way is when they put Flair back on Charlotte's name, and I think they realized that that people with two names are seen as much bigger deals and, big, and are much more real people. I, I, I
1: do. You know what I think it is? I think it's kind of a conceit that without the Flair name attached to Charlotte, you're not necessarily going to have that alpha top of the card draw power with her you need to remind people that she's a flare.
2: i am going to say that the mustafa ali minus mustafa thing might be cultural slash racial in nature i do i mean ali you can say well like muhammad ali he's the greatest but mustafa well that might have some negative connotations damn it <laughs>
1: I'm interested to know how Mustafa Ali feels about this decision because that's sort of the big thing to me. He he is very hands-on with his character and with his presentation, and I would hate for someone to have come up to him and just been like, well, you know, the name Mustafa makes some people uneasy, and for him to have been forced into this.
2: Yeah, I I think he tweeted something, you know, something that kind of alluded to... Well, you know, it is what it is, guys, but I'm still, you know, a great performer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Before we get too much in the weeds uh, in a few minutes, and I will give you all ample warning, this show of Shake Them Ropes is sponsored by BlueChew.com. We thank them for their sponsorship. I will give ample warning for those few people who ride in the car and listen with their kids.
1: <laughs> Sensitive ears. <laughs> might not be interested in that part although now
2: i I just realized the kids will be going daddy what is he talking about it's like oh no i've just i've just wet their appetites oh oh boy we are less than two weeks away from wrestlemania chris and uh (laughs) champions are losing all over the place uh to build we're sacrificing our entire mid card to build people uh, but the women's triple threat has been confirmed as going on last, so that is progress. I'll tell
1: you what, if I was a part of the mid-card cannon fodder over these last two nights of shows, I'd be very worried about cuts after WrestleMania.
2: Um, you know what? I used to say that, but then you realize they don't want them going anywhere to be stars, so they'll just use them as the cannon fodder here. My my favorite thing was Vince gets to have a gang of you know Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, the bar, etc. Shane Shane McMahon's gang is Shelton Benjamin insanity.
1: <laughs> <It's almost laughs> Who was the other guy standing next to Shelton Benjamin?
2: Uh I was kind of uh keeping one eye while listening, so I didn't get a chance to uh see. You want me to pause and go take a look?
1: No, it's not really that important of a thing to do. Uh, let's get into what happened on Raw here, shall we?
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I understand what they were doing with the beat the clock challenge. I just didn't understand it as a storyline convention. What was the point?
1: I don't know. I, I it was, I guess, to show who had the advantage going into WrestleMania. But why do we need to show who has the advantage? I thought it was clever to get Ruby Riot out of there with, like, effectively a win without actually giving her a win. Like, she was able to hang on for the duration of the match and show that she's the strongest of the three. But I found this to be confusing. Why do we need this stipulation?
2: There, there was nothing at stake, which is my problem, other than bragging rights, and it was all based on the Ronda Rousey UFC career where she'd beat someone in like a minute and a half, and and it'd be good. But, you know, I, I thought, okay, whoever wins the Beat the Clock Challenge, what, doesn't—I mean, there's nothing— Correlating. But
1: that kind of leads us into the next match too, the two-on-one handicap match of Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Jinder Mahal. And I was scratching my head as to why Finn Balor's in a handicap match.
2: Uh to because it, it's a heel move to do and then if he overcomes the odds and he's earned it, because we don't have automatic rematches anymore either. So it's like, well, if you win this handicap match, then you'll show you're worthy of, of an Intercontinental title match but or whatever. Someone has
1: said that to him first.
2: Yes. Yes. There, there's a lot that went unsaid that you're just kind of going, okay, why? You know, if you explain why these three women are doing a beat the clock challenge, as opposed to just, you know, starting with it, especially after that, look, I,
1: my no, this is a very TNA opening segment between these two matches, where we have a bunch of stipulations but no real premises to get to why we're having these. Hey, matches. maybe
2: Ronda can explain it. She, she's cutting a promo at the top of the at the top of the show, huh? How about that?
1: Maybe have her just come out and say, "I can beat." anyone under two minutes and you guys can't. And that's sort of the opening salvo of this. And the riot squad comes out and they're annoyed that Ronda yeah. Rousey says things. Yeah. Like
2: there's not that second level thinking. They're just, they're just, okay, we'll just have them all be. And you know, what's going to happen in that, you know, next week they're having that six woman challenge or the, the six woman tag match. It's, it's the, the three participants of the triple threat versus the riot squad and I guarantee you that the final spot you see is all three of the women in the triple threat with submissions on the three members of the Riot Squad tapping it. And then it becomes that contrived, oh, what's going to happen when they all have to face each... You know, that kind of thing. That That's the only reason they're doing the six-woman tag match, is to have that spot somewhere. I think it's going to be the finish, but it, it's just... It's an absolutely... You know
1: I actually think the match goes the other way and the riot squad gets like a banana peel. You know what that that's, over this. that's
2: good call. Cuz we are in the land of 50-50. That's a very good call. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. We're in hot takeville here tonight, kids. This is right after Smackdown, so I haven't been able to really think about things th- through just yet, but uh yeah, in order to help build this women's triple threat as well, we've decided to beat Asuka for the Smackdown championship because now Charlotte can say she's held the most titles of any woman and it makes the match quote unquote bigger. I don't think it does. Well,
1: the match might even end up getting bigger and move to a fatal no. four-way. No. No. What do you think Oscar's no, doing? No, I that? think
2: Oscar's like in the Battle Royale and trying to win back something like the winner gets a shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship on the SmackDown after after Mania and then she gets like a rematch okay. or something. But I think I think there is a possibility that they make this a two-out-of-three-falls match with the first match for the SmackDown Women's Championship and the second one for the Raw. There's a chance of that. I don't know. Or they put both belts on the line for a unified women's championship, which, I, you know, if they're going to move the women's tag titles from show to show, you know, you put the tag titles on one show, you put the women's title on the other one, and then you just kind of go back and and forth. Yeah, and
1: I like the idea of the... Women's champions traveling around from show to show. It's a different and fresh way to approach that division that gets them kind of doing new stuff all the time, from NXT UK to NXT to SmackDown to Raw. They can go all over the place. Am
2: I over the line in saying that I think cannibalizing Asuka here was a bad move?
1: No, I think it's a horrible move. uh,
2: Well, my reasoning is... You're just barely building up anybody other than Charlotte and Becky on this SmackDown show as legitimate threats to anybody. Asuka hasn't really been established as having a dominant win as a champion against anyone since she won this title in the three-way. You kind of have something going here with Mandy. And this
1: is obviously a screw job, right? We're eventually going to get the reveal of how Charlotte got inserted into this no reason no. title match to begin SmackDown. No, no I think we I are. Don't. I think we Becky Becky had a little kayfabe tweet earlier where she was talking about how Asuka deserves so much better. So I, I think a shoe will drop on this.
2: I, I think it'll just be McMahon's being McMahon's and saying, okay, go ahead. But I mean,
1: but Charlotte ended up in that match because of a McMahon. That's what I'm saying. I think she pulled some strings. Well, this
2: was not the original plan from what I'm reading from, uh, you know, our, our friend Sean Ross you know, gets, gets heads up on these things. And apparently there was supposed to be a multi woman match to see who would face Asuka. And then they decided, I think after this, after the sports center stuff and having the big reveal of the triple threat to quote unquote get more eyeballs and to kind of make this bigger. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have the second title be involved in this match, at least the second title holder, which to me, I think you want to just say, Hey, look, we have a diverse div- division with multiple storylines going on as opposed to the one big storyline, because I don't think that tag match is gonna be anything special. It's gonna be an absolute train wreck, I think, in some places, because you have four different teams being involved there i i i understand why that what they're thinking because i think they're thinking they've been hearing the chatter about about charlotte and she's gonna get 16 title wins anyways eventually so let's make her much more of a threat because neither ronda nor becky needed because they're both stars but there's been this blowback from charlotte so let's make her presence even more menacing here i understand that but there was a way to do this And they didn't earn the story that they were telling because they were telling the story that Charlotte was upset that she's considered the third wheel in this match. And they never cut a promo about it. She didn't even cut a promo before that. She just goes, oh, I'm the third wheel. I'll show you what I can do. And it's like, OK, but that was unearned. And I had
1: a big problem with the finish of this match, too. So she beats Asuka. And after beating Asuka is looking over at Asuka with a degree of respect. And I think if you want to make this moment a real defiling moment, what Charlotte should do is just be mercilessly beating up Asuka after getting this Mm -hmm. title and being a total petulant brat. She didn't deserve this title well, this shot. Is, she shouldn't be somewhat graceful after
2: winning. I the think title. they're attempting to to tell the story of mutual respect, and and that just doesn't work. It wins and losses work, okay. I I, I I I'm I'm tired of being able to see the the script notes in what they're thinking when you know. Ooh, but it wasn't
1: mutual respect. Works sometimes, but it doesn't work for this no. Charlotte character in this storyline right now. Like if Becky. Beat Oscar in a title match this week. I'm not saying that they should have done that or anything, but if they had done that, I get Becky looking at Oscar with mutual respect and trying to show Oscar, hey, look, I really respect you, blah blah blah. That makes sense for the character of Becky Lynch that we have had for the last several months. It makes no sense for the entitled, genetically superior Charlotte Flair to be using.
2: Yeah, and and also you know the arrogant Charlotte Flair. She should not be looking at, right. at the yeah. Yeah, she should be like, I deserve this. She deserves this
1: title, Jeff. She's always deserved this title. Asuka was just holding the belt yeah. for her.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just really, I thought, okay, great, so they're just going to add Asuka to the Battle Royal. She'll win. That'll do about as much for her as the Royal Rumble win did, which was very little. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I, I still think she might find her way into that match eventually, wait, but we'll, we'll see Wait, wait, wait.
2: You think that they're going to change the... the I... Chris, you gotta you gotta walk. You gotta walk uh, are me you through not this.
1: telling me that the plans changed to put the belt on Charlotte this week?
2: Those plans
1: changed. Was that not the but, lead into your last piece of? Yes, commentary? but that was
2: in in service of building this three woman match where all three women were on Sports Center. Oscar was nowhere near this build, and if she was going to be in this match, they would have put her on. They may have put. I mean, she's supposed to be able to do the media appearances too. You think they just? slight her and keep her off TV? I mean, that's more insulting than not putting her on.
1: We'll see what happens. Uh, Plans change around here. That's all I'm saying. That'd
2: be interesting. I... I I'm just blown away because I can't think of a I can't think of a situation where that would happen. I really don't. I think they've already got they've had the marketing. Well, I in couldn't place. have thought
1: of a situation where Charlotte wins the SmackDown women's title off of Asuka in the first hour of Smackdown two weeks before WrestleMania. Like that wouldn't have been the plot move I would have made either, but like they're not our brains. No they have different thoughts. I had actually
2: considered that. I, I really, because uh, I think I had mentioned that a couple weeks back, where they may just have, but uh, but that was in in service of a pay per view. Like I thought Charlotte would go into the pay per view and win the match, and then and then bring the belt for the triple threat and go, okay, here we go. But uh, no, you might be right. I, I look, I hold out an open mind towards them. Put sticking Oscar as a. F- God. I just, yeah, my my issue is Asuka hasn't been built for this match. She won't be built for this match. She'll just be in there, and everybody will look at her and go, you're losing, and and everybody will know, and everybody will be far ahead of it.
1: Unless they make it a best two out of three falls sort of thing, like you were saying, where the first fall is for the SmackDown women's title, and the second one is for the Raw women's title.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, no. That's yeah. how you keep people guessing. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, parents, people with children, now's the time to kind of skip ahead about 45 seconds to a minute. So guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you're always ready to go, where you had to take four cold showers in a day just to keep calm and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. Those days. oh! (laughs) Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed with BlueChew.com. That's blue as in the color blue. We're not going that blue with the jokes. Blue Chew brings the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work. I am a more of a fan of Cialis than Viagra, to be honest with you. I think it works a little bit better, but hey, your mileage may vary. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Uh, you know, it's not like those knockoffs you get from like overseas pharmacies in India with fillers where, you know, you don't know if they're going to work because you don't know how much of the ingredient they're going to have. These are the actual ingredients and what not. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. No, 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 no. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Or, you know, you can just take it and just walk around your apartment and impress your pets. That's what Chris is going to do with his free product. He's just going to look and he's going to have his cats play limbo. It's Wait, why would I? What? <laughs> uh, oh.
1: <laughs> don't use your blue chew for that. <laughs> that's that's not how that's not how we
2: interact. With okay, kids. I'm just yeah. checking, you know. Okay. Scratching posts, okay. well, you know, all that other stuff. We've checked now. That's, but... that's that's I don't advise that. With <laughs> Anyhow, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so none of your neighbors are going to know you're you're sending away for ED medication of any kind, okay? There's no waiting in the pharmacy, there's no embarrassing talks with your doctor, there's no more awkwardness. And since they're made in the USA and since Blue chew Prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code STR, STR, and just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue com. Promo code STR to try it for free. Those of you who have heard Sean Ross's SAPS reads for Blue Chew, you know they're hilarious, you know they're dirty. I didn't want to go that dirty. I may go dirty later. Chris is writing songs about medication and whatnot. We'll see. Oh, I got the blues.
1: (laughs) Go to Blue Chew and you'll be singing along with me.
2: (laughs) That's Blue Chew. That's fantastic. BlueChew.com promo code str that'll let all the sponsors know that you love us here at shake them ropes and we thank blue chew for sponsoring parents you can now turn up your radios once again in safety
1: hello i am elias
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh god the bad comedy abounded on that raw that's a good segue
1: there we go. Let's get back into it. So Chris
2: Chris, let me ask you something. Yes. Who is the who is the Saturday Night Live cast member in history who you most want to see get into a ring full of jacked up guys who might Beat the hell out of them.
1: I don't know. Those two guys are pretty high on the list. Those are the two guys who I want the fall out of the ring to hurt a little bit.
2: Look, the correct real. answer. No, the correct answer is Chris Kattan. Chris Ooh. Kattan. Well, that's a good, <laughs> needed that's a good one. This one. Rob Schneider, kind of on my list. Um, Fred
1: Armisen has a very good, I, like, punchable face type of look. And he's
2: a real-life creep, so that fits in well. We could go with that. Uh, Chevy Chase in his modern incarnation. See, I have love for Chevy Chase because of Fletch, but he is such an intolerable jerk. Yeah, I was when it comes say, to comedy, he had these very, days. very
1: funny movies, but everything you read about him from working with him, he was just an insufferable prick.
2: Now, oh, Chris Farley, I think, would be fun to kind of watch in his prime. David Farley Spada. and
1: Otis facing off. In yeah. a battle royal, which would there just we go. be good fun, right there. Come on, there now. we go.
2: We get those. You know, maybe David Spade gets thrown around. Martin Short from day. The- I think Joe Piscopo, when he got all buff and stuff, could have could have gone in jacked and really done it. I, I think for vignettes, because I'm just I'm just rolling here, Chris. I'm just talking. Uh, <laughs> I think John Lovitz back in the day. If he had been able to cut promos as, like, Tommy Flanagan, the, the liar, I think that would have been fun. But, yes, I want to see Colin Jost and Michael Shea. Uh,
1: I want not, misfortune to not, come not to die. them. and, not and die. And, but, but, no, yeah. they've done a good job making me want bad things to happen to them. I, I, I don't know how much of that is the scripting and how much of that is just being born with a punchable face.
2: Now, now if this ends with Kate McKinnon doing a moonsault, it will all be worth it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm into
2: that. I'm into <laughs> She's that. great. She's fantastic. I love her. She's the only thing worth watching on Saturday Night Live these days, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I, 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 Braun's gonna kill these fools. I think, or or it's gonna become one of those things where they save They're gonna, Braun like, hide
1: under the ring. It's gonna be like a gimmick where they like run around in the audience and that sort of thing. And Strowman's out in the audience, and meanwhile, there's a battle royal occurring as well. I, I it's gonna be a skit.
2: No, uh, you know what I see? I see someone like Jinder Mahal trying to get heat on them. And then, and then they, they help rescue Braun from like Jinder Mahal. And then it's all a love fest. And then Nicholas comes in. And then we, you know, we have every, you know, stupid comedy character we've ever had with Braun. And it's a big love fest. It'll be great. The whole
1: premise of this angle is so dumb. <laughs> a- a- every beat in this angle has been dumb so far, right down to Braun Strowman destroying the car for no real reason and being angry that he got a car. Like <laughs> I-, I mean, none of this makes any sense.
2: My god, that's Dennis Miller's music. <laughs> <You don't know. laughs>
1: Uh, Dennis Miller, be it'd be fun to have him get on commentary with Graves and Graves to just grow endlessly frustrated with Miller
2: over the span of about ten minutes. You know, you know, babe. I haven't seen a soup play like that since Nick Bockwinkle did it in Minnesota versus the Crusher back in nineteen. No one knows what
1: you're talking about, Dennis. <laughs> we get it. You read books, okay?
2: I haven't seen a beatdown like that since Ulysses did it in the <laughs> Yeah, right, right. No, it
1: would be like really deep like Roman references and stuff, yeah.
2: There hasn't been a thorough thrashing like that since Pickett's charge at during the Civil War at the Battle of Gettysburg, babe. Uh- <laughs> He's
1: storming like the Normans.
2: <laughs> oh, oh God. I I don't know. I'm I'm uh <laughs> Uh,
1: you want to get into Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns?
2: You, you beat Cancer, but you'll never beat me. Oh <laughs> man,
1: I, <laughs> this That's your build. this actually, I it had that groan thing happen with the audience where yeah, yeah, the, it was just a beat too far, and you could feel that weird pressure drop thing in the audience where we go from booing enthusiastically along with the show to, oh, oh, oh no, no, I, I didn't want to go that far, dude. I didn't want to go there.
2: Yeah. You know what? The, the, uh, corollary for me was, was Shane McMahon's promo about, uh, <laughs> which, which by the way, featured the word decimate from both the Miz and Shane. So, <laughs> One of Vince's favorite words makes a comeback, but you know, there, there's a certain level of realism I want, and there's a certain, there are certain things you will say that make me know it's not real. And that's, <laughs> that's just, alright, you're just being cheap now. I mean, there, there's a way you can say, you know, you can bring up They've his cancer. they so
1: lazy with getting heat. Can I go on like a quick rant real quick Yes, about no, this? please.
2: The floor is yours.
1: Because for the last, I don't know, eight weeks now, we have... It's been more than eight weeks, but in the last eight weeks, we've really noticed a market uptick in the cheap, lazy, local sports heat, and then we got into this cancer heat stuff and it's lazy there are more constructive and meaningful ways to get heat than this and and in a lot of cases, you turn people off. Now, the sports stuff, it it tends to get decent feedback and especially depending on where you are in a season, if it's been a rough season for your local municipality, the sports heat can be super cathartic. Obviously we had the great success in Seattle when Elias went after the Seattle Supersonics, but that set them on a course of okay, let's always have the sports heat button. (coughs) Let's hit the sports heat button all the time. And then they start doing this with the Roman thing and it it's turning people off. I, I think they think that they can keep doing this cheap heat stuff. But even at a certain point, the audience recognizes it as pandering.
2: There is a kind of heel that can get away with the cancer statement. There, There is a certain kind of heel who can, who, who, you know, he's smarter than most average jocks and average wrestlers. And he's just kind of sitting there with kind of a smirk on his face, listening to a baby face give a. Promo or something.
1: Speaking and from the know, heart, and he knows that he can push that heart button.
2: And he's holding the, he's holding that ace up his sleeve, just waiting to play it. And you can tell he's waiting to play it. Drew McIntyre's promo is not that guy. Th- that guy is more of a. And I, you know, look, I, I don't use really know what Drew
1: McIntyre's motivation is right now. Like in Drew's mind, what's the end game here?
2: Yeah, it's, I'm the best. I came here to dominate the locker room. A lot of losers in the locker room, you know, kind of thing. And you're just like, okay, great. It's more sucking up to the boss type thing. You want to be the best, whatever. I, I, I'd much rather, I'd much, if he's going to cut a promo about Roman's cancer. I would much rather he go out and go, "You know what? I want to take you out now because you're probably weak because of all the treatments. You're not quite yet in shape. This is my moment to just get rid of you once and for all." Type of type of promo rather than whatever the hell I'm going to your wife and child are going it's like, "Okay," you know. Yeah, then. you
1: go out to the audience and you say something like to all of these people, "Your story is inspirational." They hear your story and they get strength from your story. I hear your story and I hear weakness. I hear a man who's weaker now than he's ever been before. And at WrestleMania, I'm going to break that weak man once and for all.
2: Well, you know what? I wouldn't even. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a little bit of criticism on that one because I don't want you to say I I hear. I hear weakness in your voice. You say you give strength to all these people, but I know you're weak. I know you've been out for a while, Roman. I know you're not physically able to handle the the rigors of this ring. Well, it's a and I'm going to take advantage weakness
1: of this in the story. Like the, yeah. the same story that's inspiring is also the same story of a man who came back from weakness to, you know, is trying to recline the mountain is sort of my point.
2: Yeah, but but you, ha- you have to kind of I think you have to kind of reestablish his health in terms of as opposed to as opposed to I hear. I hear weakness. I, 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 that, that's, that's, that's a Vince, that's a very Vince line, and that's why I kind of recoiled by it. Because he's not sounding weak when he's saying that. And he's not really giving false bravado when he's saying that. But, but Drew, as a heel, would hear that and go, yeah, but you've been out with getting chemotherapy all these weeks. You're not the Roman Reigns, who we used to know here. You're that's not That's what I'm saying. When I'm dog. saying he hears Weakness, yeah.
1: that's what I'm saying he's yeah, hearing. Yeah, no, I knew he's that. He, he's knew hearing, that. you know, the other space okay. in the music.
2: Yeah, I, I knew what you are trying to say. It's just it's just the way the way that was phrased, for some reason, it sounded like, man, that's exactly how Vince would... would that's how Vince it. would phrase it,
1: yeah. That was the <laughs> other know, thing is, it, I was trying to write it like a Vince promo.
2: Yeah, and that, that would be how he'd write it, and I'd go, I don't believe that, and then I'd just kind of move on with my life. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, I...
1: Well you have this, to also this, you can't explain why you hear weakness in something that apparently sounds like strength.
2: This program is so weird though, because usually a Roman Reigns program is fairly a big deal, but right now I count this as like fourth from the top, and I, it's just it feels almost like they're just trying to run out Dean Ambrose and get as much out of him as they can to to try and, you know, help the program until until we get there.
1: Yes, yes. I have a hunch that Drew McIntyre actually finds a way to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I I don't know that oh? Roman wins. Yeah, yeah.
2: Huh. Okay. We'll we'll save it for the prediction show next week. Yeah. But we'll, watch we'll the, watch the go home. Watch yes, the go home. Yeah, yeah, The, home and go, see home, what the happens. go home will be yeah. the big
1: thing here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be something to t- take a look at. So then we had Natalia with Beth Phoenix defeating Sasha Banks with Bailey be- by disqualification here because this match ended when Nia Jax and Tamina ended up showing up.
2: There's so much weird about this. I, I know. Like,
1: I, I tripped over my words here because of the weird little way that they wrap this thing up. Well,
2: well no, it's, it's like Nia and Tamina come out, they beat the crap out of everybody. Now we're going to show Natty's dad.
1: <laughs> and then Natty's crying after the video yeah, of Jim which makes Nineheart. me more
2: uncomfortable. It's like, why would you do that to someone? Hey, Natty, look, we're putting your daddy in the Hall of Fame. Now cry, girl. Cry for me. It's like, oh, oh I feel dirty. I feel nasty watching that for some reason. Uh, Champ loses. Uh, yeah, We're getting a four-way at Mania. It's going to be a bit of a mess, I think. But, I mean, there's so many of these matches that are now, like, multi-person that you, that you can't, I mean, everybody has to get on the card. So We've I'm, already I'm, talked about
1: essentially what happened in the moment of Bliss because we talked about Colin Jost and Michael Che. Is there anything you want to talk about specifically with Bliss?
2: I think Bliss is the last remaining single star that they're going to have after uh, after this three-way in terms of those people that are in it, because Bliss is, I think she's. I think basically she's going to use the host thing. She'll come out. She'll congratulate the winner and probably jump her. I yeah. think that's probably the way that they're going to go with that. But l- let me ask you this, uh, because I need a, a bit of cleanup, and then I'll circle back around to Sasha, Bailey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So for the Finn Balor match, is he facing? Is he facing Lashley and Leo Rush for the Intercontinental title? Is that how it
1: works? I, I think he's just facing Lashley. Okay. And I, I now we've sure. once again this week reestablished no discord between Lashley and Leo Rush. Yes.
2: Yes. They're they're on again and off again, and now they're on again. Uh for Bailey and Sasha, I'm the news that the uh that the triple threat was headlining WrestleMania has to eat a little bit in the pride of Bailey and Sasha, who really, look, I, I know Gina Carano is really the pioneer here. Ronda did it for UFC. But in terms of WWE women who really got them on the map, it was Bailey and Sasha in Brooklyn. And I could just see Sasha wanting to like jump off a balcony just to upstage people, because that's what she is. She's competitive as hell. And I think they want a really great tag team match, and I think they are serious about these tag team titles to them. I just, you're putting them in with Nia Tamina, and the Iconics, and Natty, who's good, and Beth Phoenix, who we don't know yet how she's going to do in a big match situation. I'm, I'm just like, wow. I mean, you have to be a little crestfallen for them
1: yeah I just want to see Sasha and Bailey have a good clean normal long form twenty minute match as tag team champions
2: and a good match yeah. you know with people who can go with them and and you know that's why i I hype the sky pirates so much. I want that match so bad I just want to see i want to see the legitimacy that they talked about with the men's tag team titles that they really haven't given them because They can go out there on this house show circuit and kill every night, which apparently they're doing, according to some reports, and get absolutely no respect on Raw, getting beat again by Ricochet and Aleister Black, who I don't know what they're doing with those two other than putting them on Raw, because their build is on NXT. Here, they're just two guys. I'm... You know, it's a lot of just beating champs and belts not meaning anything. And this is the build that WrestleMania and then, you know, Monday and Tuesday, it'll be a bunch of more debuts and other things like that. I am I, I reserve the right to change my mind, but I'm cynical about this WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in the go home show, but I'm not exactly ecstatic about the build to this WrestleMania. Yeah. Next, we had Seth Rollins' promo about Brock Lesnar. He says that he has to beat Brock Lesnar. He was born to beat Brock Lesnar. The fans are behind him. And before he could say burn it down, out comes Paul Heyman. You know the spot in this promo that I actually did like? Because I thought a lot of this was kind of draggy. I liked when Seth Rollins finally ran up on Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman fell over and was exhibiting fear. No one came to Heyman's rescue, but Seth Rollins just stood over a sniveling and whining Paul Heyman and finished out this promo. I thought that part was pretty good.
2: That staging was awesome because it's like I don't need to hurt you. I j- I'm confident in my own abilities. Dominance. I'm standing
1: yeah. over you right now. I haven't even no, laid I, a I finger on. No, I like that a
2: lot. You. No, that was that was great. I liked that. I liked that quite a bit. I like. I'm actually liking the Seth Rollins build, but it's taken such a backseat to the Roman build for some reason, and it's also taken a little bit of a backseat to the to women's build, where you're just like. Do you think they're going to give him the big moment now? And I have my doubts. I honestly have my doubts. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I still go back to Drew McIntyre beating Seth Rollins last week and think that that's a bit of a seeds planted for after mania thing. Mm -hmm. But this is another one where the go home show is going to probably really form my opinion on how. A
2: lot is going to be formed there. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So then we got Kurt Angle. Versus Samoa Joe with a finish that, if you blinked, you missed it because they did not go back to it. This was, this was not good, Jeff. Uh, this this was real rough. At one point, Kurt Angle attempted a missile drop kick, but it was more of a dud.
2: This stinks. The, 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 this program, I get the, I get the farewell tour. I get that he's now getting the TNA farewell tour, kind of between this and the AJ Styles thing. This could he be looked- good,
1: but this stinks.
2: He has looked actively bad in the last couple matches, and he gets Rey Mysterio next week. I, man, (laughs) he's not able to do much. He's not able to move his head. He's he's heavily breathing within like five minutes of, of the start of the match. He looks bad here, and they're giving him wins. Where you're going? Why is he retiring if he's winning so much? Yeah, it doesn't help either, I, right? I think I liked the fact that Orton came in to abort the match tonight. I thought that was a smart idea. Uh, that was very savvy on their part. I know a lot of people wanted to see this AJ Styles, Kurt Angle. They you know, wanted to twenty see the minute thing, classic. Yeah,
1: they wanted to see the thing in their head from twenty eleven or something. But that's yeah, or not even this. further back.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's not this. It's it's let's just get through this as quick as we can.
1: Yeah. Oh, Kurt, I, it, it sucks that it has to end like this. Uh, Cause I, I wish it could end with um more glory and more reverence for the guy. And this is more just rough. I
2: would like, I'd much rather have one last great match than a bunch of middle to decent matches.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I really would. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. It's like this, but again, we've been mentioning that he hasn't seemed like a big deal For a long time so
1: then we got a triple h promo and this sort of further confused this story a little bit to me with the letter from batista's lawyer and then triple h is like haha i did form evolution is just a way to help me hang on to the belt the whole time that makes me smart which is not exactly a super sympathetic thing Um, But that did draw a laugh from the crowd here, and he then made the I'll tell you what I want, I really, really want joke off of the promo from last week. I I am just having a hard time following this story now. It's like just people talking. It's Hunter and Batista talking at each other.
2: This should be far more heated than it is, and it's not. And this was smarky, you know... Reading internet, Twitter comments, self aware NXT, Triple H, in many ways, in my opinion. It's like, oh, your agent wanted to. The dry move microphone the film joke,
1: in. like, basically went over my head. He had to explain it afterwards. I needed the little handout explainer guide to go along with that joke.
2: Yeah, this is, man, if, if I could really deconstruct this, this is the same kind of crap he used to do as a performer when he was on a build with someone that you knew he was going to beat, and he'd kind of subtly bury them in the promos up until it's like, you're not really at my level, you're not this, you're not that, but then it'll be like, he'll sell for a guy in a match. Like, the Booker T build is is everything I'm thinking this is, but with a lot more insidery comments that I, I think it's just... It's it's eschewing the reality of the story for the reality of life, and it's not working for me.
1: And he wants to get these digs in at Guardians of the Galaxy, and I always look back to that and go, this company completely bungled the last run with Batista because... People in management, people making booking decisions, did not think that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a successful movie, which I'm sure to everyone's ears in March, nearly April of 2019, sounds like an incredibly stupid thing to think, but that was the thing that was thought.
2: It's incredible to me that this company does not root for the success of its performers, when they get outside interest from Hollywood, because then their thin skin comes out and it's like, well, we're really show business too. I mean, they wanted Guardians
1: to, to fail. I'm, this has always been my theory because they wanted, they wanted to, to prove to Batista that this was the best place for him to make the most money.
2: Look, they 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 wanted Guardians to fail, but don't get me wrong, Dave made films before this. They wanted Dave to fail and have to come back and go. Man, I really couldn't make it out there in Hollywood. I'm not as talented as I thought. You guys really see what I have. And you guys really know how to make me a star. They don't. And I'm just like, it's so... And you know, it's a company that's had had its toe in the movie pool. It's never gotten that far with them. Triple H himself has headlined a couple of these movies. He's had interest from movie studios, and he's never gotten to go, really, because I think... Vince would have frowned on it, and it's just it's they did this with the rock but yeah the but they're David- salty
1: about the rock Vince learned the wrong lessons from the rock becoming a yes. super mega star
2: yes and he wanted to make sure that didn't happen to other people right and I think he's salty a little bit about John Cena, although John Cena's not seeing John Cena's success is very underrated uh because out here in Hollywood people really want to cast him in stuff they just can't figure out if he's a comedy guy or if he's an action guy they're having a lot of problems with it
1: yeah and i think he kind of straddles the line between both almost like an alternative jason like statham at one point
2: he, he's too jacked to cast be as a, a comedy, comedy guy
1: lead. but he's also too funny and too much of like a lovable type of person to be straight action rambo stuff yeah
2: yeah and you know you could do the bruce willis thing with him Right. But there's already a Bruce Willis, so... Well, y- yes, he's not except that, that he's Bruce not that Willis personal. is
1: uh, in AARP at this point, Jeff. I, there does yeah. need to be a new Bruce Willis at some point.
2: Right, but he's not that personal. They kind of have that with Chris Pratt a little bit here, but, I mean, they don't make movies like Die Hard anymore, where you can have the smart-alecky, wisecracking action hero, and, and plus... Old Dwayne is remake trying to remake Die Hard in his own image with skyscrapers, so that's it's kind of a problem in its own right. But yeah, they they have a bit of a problem casting him. They don't really know what he is, and they don't know if he's that big of a movie star, if he's more of a TV star type thing. But I mean, you hear rumblings here and there about projects that that you know maybe we could put him in this, maybe we can put him that. Unfortunately, I think a lot of those are also superhero projects, and I'm not sure he wants to do those.
1: Do you want to move over to this Gauntlet match on SmackDown because we we hit the other notes on SmackDown yeah. so far here?
2: No, we can hit everything on SmackDown. Um I I kind of want to start with the Shane McMahon thing. Okay. <sighs> that promo was bad. Um just from from the Decimate to the I held your father, and I could feel the fear. I mean, that there was something in there with that. But then, you know, and yo mama. And that just sets off Miz. I'm just like, okay, great. And then He's the gonna- Miz
1: goes into God mode and beats yeah. up 12 different people, essentially. And that is just overkill for the Miz. That's not who the Miz is. The Miz should have outsmarted those people and gotten around all 12 of those people and gotten to Shane and Shane's in a jam and he needs to split
2: it's it's every <laughs> how do I how do I describe this you, you ever watch movies and it's like taking place like amongst gang culture or you know at an urban high school or something and there's the tough guy and someone says yo mama and he overreacts to a point where it's almost comedic don't you dare talk about my mother like that that was the miz here and then it kind of turned
1: into the story of ricky ricky O.
2: yeah a bit beating up everybody Uh pretty much I'm, i'm false count anywhere it's weird what did you think of the stipulation
1: i think the stipulation is to set up miz having to go through multiple people during this match i think he will run into sanity again
2: it's weird because i'm watching this and i'm thinking the stipulation on a match should 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 mirror the reason for why you're having it so i thought they were possibly building up okay shane if i beat you i get to punch your dad
1: And I was like, I'm all for that. are overthinking this. What the match is going to do is finish with some sort of high spot on the outside, and they want to go for the fall right then after that last high spot.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking maybe this goes backstage, but at the same time, this is MetLife Stadium. This isn't a, a little arena, so I don't think that happens. I think it's just well,
1: that might be precisely of... why it happens—to do like a little bit of uh, the Rock and Mankind 2.0 fight all over. Well, the you think arena. they they,
2: st- they start the, they start the match and then they just go back to it later?
1: That would actually be kind of funny. The match just keeps going and it's just rolling throughout the
2: night. Who did they do that with? That was Batista and. Some of us, like, it involved, like, getting in a car and driving away. Yes. And then coming back, right, like, an right, hour right, later. Right, 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 Yeah. Yeah. I-,
1: I mean, it's The Miz and Shane. I expect this to be... Kind of more of a skit than a match. I don't expect them to have a clinic here. Although I am See, now interested in what they're going to do with babyface the Miz after Mania. I think that there's an interesting feud there with Sanity.
2: See, I want this match so bad to go backstage and they're just brawling and someone yells at him, "You can't be here!" And it's like Vince and Miz just looks at him, punches him, and keeps going. You know, I want, I want that equal. I want that opposite reaction, opposite and equal reaction. A Miz getting to punch Shane's father. I Maybe don't know this why. ends
1: with the Miz's dad doing something to Shane to set up yeah. the finish here, and so we need to have this be false count anywhere because the Miz's dad's going to be out in the audience.
2: That's very true because it's no DQ. So, right. so dad, dad can help here. Maybe Maurice too, and you know they throw the baby at him. Yeah, they do all that stuff. Uh, the Gauntlet match the the best part of this was the usos because it's the Man, one thing that made sense. That was it's the one great. thing that made
1: sense. That was awesome. I really liked that spot when they said we forfeit. That was it was such an interesting simple, obvious but powerful move and it didn't make the Usos' characters look weak in any way shape or form. It did a lot to really advance that storyline. I liked that a lot.
2: I liked it a lot too. I ju- you know what would have enhanced it a little bit if the if the if the good brothers if if uh, Gallows and Anderson had been either reluctant or had just laid down for him. Because it's like, yeah, I don't feel good about this opportunity. I was ordered to come out here against my will. You know, the heels are going to do... The heels are going to be heelish. They're going to come out and go, yeah, we're going to kick your butt just to blow your chance. But the babyface is being forced in this match. You're kind of like, well, let's see a little remorse from these two. But, you know, what? There's, they're there's they're so forgettable at this point. That I I understand why they did, but the Usos doing that made I knew it was coming, and it still made me happy that they paid it off.
1: I was actually more worried that this week they were just going to be switched into heel mode for no reason because this company has I, also been doing a lot of uh, no reason turns recently too.
2: I suspected that a little bit too, but but at the same time when they when the, when they had the mic. A- yes. And they, right. Once they, and they once they
1: grabbed the mic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, OK, OK, I see where we're going here. And then eventually Daniel Bryan and Rowan come out. And this is sort of anticlimactic. I, I think that the New Day should have just been able to get a pin over Rowan. I, I like the throwing the table on Rowan's spot. I think it keeps him looking strong. Um, I, I think it would have even been a little bit better if Daniel Bryan had been over there trying to get the table up too, like right in like the last like three seconds, like seven, eight, nine, and ten, they're trying to get the table up off of Rowan. But I liked that. It was an okay way of getting out of this match.
2: It was it was pretty much the same thing as last week except with tag teams. Yes. But it, but it, but it might be feeding the seeds of Biggie sacrificing himself for Kofi and Kofi not being grateful that should he win the title. Um, I'm interested
1: to see what the fallout is next week on this. I was wondering if maybe we end up with, like, Kofi having to fight the New Day in order to get his title shot.
2: Vince McMahon was actively terrible all night. He was bad on his promo to begin the show. He was bad on the promo with Kayla to end the show. He has no sense of delivery. He just kind of garbles his way through stuff he he really did not know how to achieve the menace that he wanted to achieve in this Yeah, stuff.
1: it's the emotional detachment that I keep latching on. It's it's even less the diction stuff, although I'll have to go back and listen to that too. It's it's more that when he is saying the dialogue, he doesn't feel connected to it and it's it's weird to me just because Vince has such an active hand in writing all of this stuff, I'd at least assume that he knows what his character's doing in this.
2: Yeah, it's it. I mean, he he's not a good actor on here. He's uh, it, it just it was weird. I uh, <laughs> I did love though Daniel Bryan's promo talking about the new day. Hey, we just call up three guys from NXT and call them Fresh Afternoon and <laughs> have them throw waffles into the audience. And I forgot who said it offhand, but someone said Montez Ford already looking up waffle irons. To buy. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Bryan is making is making gold out of straw here. He's taking, uh, he's polishing these turds, something fierce. I really liked what he character. had
1: the tantrum backstage with Eric Rowan. I, I just this thought was that, that was very funny. Bull crap. Bull crap. <laughs> bull crap.
2: Uh.
1: <laughs> amazing
2: yeah i i uh and it's weird because they're not really characterizing him throughout this entire build they've kind of cooled off on his character development to to help build kofi because you know daniel bryan would kind of overshadow him but at the same time he's not weakened by any of this it's 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 interesting but at the same time it's kind of like you wish this feud was a little bit stronger um I did not like the curtain call at the end of this show. It felt so forced. Yeah, it felt forced. Running out.
1: Yes, the fact that they're trying to do a lot of these things in a sort of unearned way, like even the Kofi Mania thing, is a very. It just it doesn't feel earned, and I think you know the Kofi Mania angle actually is not a bad idea. I just think that you maybe start doing this and getting the crowd organically into this and playing the seeds with that with this audience eight, nine months ago, you know, and, and have this kind of really building to a crescendo now to where that curtain call doesn't feel like a force. Whereas in trying to do this eight, nine weeks ago, now that we're trying to do this curtain call, yeah, it feels like we're rushing.
2: Oh, yeah. No. Um, when they did the yes movement story, I I proposed that they, they pulled the trigger on that thing way too quick. They had something where they could have done guerrilla marketing over a number of cities, with the hashtag yes or hashtag yes movement, and really made it into more of a cultural phenomen- phenomenon than they that they did. Here they could have built up hashtag Kofi Mania for weeks and really gotten the crowd into a lather. And they they just kind of wanted to do the whole well McMahon's are in the story, so that'll make it hot type of thing. And just like they don't they don't know how to build stories outside of the outside of the realm of office politics. And that's a shame.
1: Anything else you want to hit on this episode?
2: Nope. I do want to plug our Patreon episode that dropped on Monday. We watched WCW Saturday night from December twenty 20- Six?
1: We're getting ready 1992? for WCW's show of the year in 1992 as y'all are getting ready for WrestleMania 2019, WWE's show of the year. We're getting ready for Starcade Battle Bowl. The next premium episode will be on Battle Bowl. But this is the WCW Saturday night from December 26, 1992, two days before the middle of the week. Starcade that WCW did that year. I'm still getting over that. They like tape it on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday.
2: You can pick that up at patreon.com slash shake them ropes or as little as a dollar a month. Also, I will still hype the hell out of that Jerry Lawler, uh, Andy Kaufman show that we did. That was one of our better ones. Uh, not that any of them are bad. I've enjoyed every single premium episode we've done. That's patreon.com slash shake them ropes. You can follow me at crap game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Chris, tell the people where else they can find you.
1: My other show is called don't worry about the government. And you can find that at don't worry. Dot TV on iTunes and on stitcher all in the family podcast. will be back soon. We had an injury in the family, Um, not me, but uh, my co-host. she is on the recovery trail here. So We're waiting for her to get better, and then we'll be back on the air.
2: Once again, we'd like to thank BlueChew.com for their sponsorship of this show. Promo code STR. Go visit them or um, give them some love. We'll be back Thursday with NXT UK, NXT, and 205 Live.
1: i got the blues.